Once again, I'd like to say a very happy hello to everyone in podcast land. You're listening to another episode of What's Up With Ward, your favorite podcaster's podcast. I'm part of the host of this show, and along with my day one, another of the train to build them. How you doing, my brother? What's going on, Wardy Water? You know how we do, man. Let's uh, let's, yes, let's jump right into it. But before we get started, I just want to uh, send out our condolences to the Chadwick Boseman family because at the time of the recording, he recently passed away. Um, many people may not have known that he was suffering from stage three cancer, and uh, I don't think uh, people were—they uh, knew his weight loss was dramatic, but they probably didn't know what he was doing. Probably thought he was doing another movie or something. So I just want—I mm-hmm. just want to just touch on just a few of the movies he did before we jump into our interview. He was uh, famous for several movies, including uh, 42, that's the Jackie Robinson uh, story. Uh, mm-hmm. Get On Up, that was a James Brown story. And uh, Marshall, man, I really loved that movie. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. 21 Bridges and Who Could Forget Black Panther. Uh, of course. That was, that was definitely the, the pinnacle of his career as, a, as that upward mobility for, for a young rising actor. Right. Very talented. You know, you look at his book of work and it's his young career I mean how diverse can you get from from uh, <laughs> iconic baseball player to iconic uh, the musician right. to now iconic dare I say you know superhero I mean that's just amazing and just just a few short years very, Man, sad, very he, sad he did a lot you know and a uh, side note um, other than him graduating from Howard University um, I think he was working on Black Panther too but Denzel Washington had actually paid for his tuition at Oxford University because he believed so much in him. You know, I thought that was just you know amazing for somebody to recognize his skills at that point. But you know what? What we'll do? We'll end up doing another show on this and just some other people yeah. we lost because 2020 has been brutal, man. But um, yeah, with that, definitely, definitely. Yeah. With, with that being said, I, I want to get back into our, our, our show today because we do have the honors of speaking with a VIP from the great state of Florida. Who is in Florida? Man. Yes, sir. Um, not not the rapper though. Not him. Not, what's it, not <laughs> but they have somebody better than Flo Rider. <laughs> this, <laughs> this person is an educator, a community activist, a leader, but he's also running for Florida Senate District Number Twenty One. We'd like to welcome none other than Mr. Tony Eldon. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good. All right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> you got a solid introduction. I appreciate that. No doubt, man. Uh, we, uh, we want to. We want, good, man. Yeah. We want to tell you uh, too. We're, we're sorry about Chadwick Boseman too, because we know he was a very important figure to you too, wasn't he? Yes. He. I kid you not. Black Panther has always been one of my favorite heroes since I was a kid, and I I, I adore everything Marvel, but Black Panther. And Miles Morales, the, the, the only like two major black superheroes are my favorite. Wow. And, and when I saw Black Panther as an adult actually portrayed by a human being, like he made it real. Yes, absolutely. And I yeah. watched it, I, I, I kid you not, when it came out, I watched it six times. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, in, in theaters. I don't mean at home. I mean in theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a great sh- I was surprised because the writing was so good on that one, you know? It wasn't that bubblegums. Yeah. It was a good movie. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it took a holistic approach to even, you know, the backdrop of Wakanda. And, you know, you saw his family and the dynamics. And, mm-hmm. man, it was just a really well-written, well-rounded movie. 
not just about being a superhero, but man, it was really nice. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, I do agree with that. But uh, like I said, we're gonna do another show on that. But but I want to <clears throat> take up too much of Tony's time on there. But I want to so many so many questions. We got to get into it, Sim, because he's so busy. So let's just start off uh, with, with this one. So so Tony, uh, is Florida where you were born and primarily raised at? Um, so yeah, I, so my, my, my upbringing is kind of weird. <laughs> okay. So I was born in Florida, but my family, half my family is from Jamaica and the other half is from the Bahamas. Wow. Florida, but I spent a lot of my youth here and in the Bahamas. In fact, I went to the, well, in the Bahamas, we call it primary school. I went to primary school and I graduated primary school in the Bahamas, which goes into the sixth grade. Mm. Um, okay. And then I came back here. Uh, and I've been here pretty much since I want to say the seventh grade. Since seventh grade, I've been here. I still go back almost every year, uh-huh. but mm-hmm. uh, not to stay this time. Okay, okay. So, so you, you here? Like, I, I've never been over there. Have you, Trey? I've never had to have it over there. No, I've never been, and never been been fortunate to get to that part of the the kind the world. You know, just being able to to see it in pictures and videos and live live through guys like Tony. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's it like over there, Tony? What, what, what do they do? Is it the same thing as America? It's like simple life. Is it like? Oh no, it's 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 a lot more simple, man. We don't have all well, we, we have more technology now. But back in the day, we didn't have all this technology. Right. Um, I will say the one thing I love about American schools, as compared to Bahamian schools, is AC. Man, AC is different. <laughs> <Not a lot>. <laughs> <laughs> AC is the truth, right. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, it really is. Cooler heads shall prevail. Thing thing. <laughs> All right, thanks. Of course, you know, you got that trade off. Like, hey, you guys want to go to the beach after school? You'd be like, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's different, though. It's different the way they do things down there. Like, one thing that I think they do much better than American schools. Is instead of like a cafeteria, there is no cafeteria. What? There's like hour long lunch, and these vendors come to the to come to the school, mm. and the food is like restaurant quality food, but what? it's a lot cheaper. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. So like at lunch, you know, you can get you some pumpkin fries for what? for like a good four dollars, and, and and you know you just rock like that. And I mean, like it was it was oh my god, it was some heavenly food. Wow. Now you said conk. You said conk, conk, yeah. Well, yeah. What is yeah. what is that? It's it's, kind of, it's a shellfish. It's one of our like our yeah, main yeah. things. Like, we put conk in everything. Wow, I'm about to look that up. Let me write that down. Conk, because you know, <laughs> we were looking forward to is to help here is like that square pizza with canned corn, man. That's it. That's <laughs> man. On Friday, pizza day corn, man. Wow, we, we had we had that kind of quality every day. Amazing, <laughs> man. That does sound nice, boy. I tell you that that is a difference. So. Now, did you go to college over there, over here, or how, how did what? I went to, yeah, I was so, I, I actually, the way the school system there works is a lot different from here. Um, for example, we don't have middle school, and, and, and at least when I was there, they kind of referred to college as, as high school. Okay. Um, and then past college for high school is uni, or university. Uh-huh. Um, okay. That being said, I, I came here for seventh grade and up so i've been I, I finished out middle school here by you know usa standards um and graduated high school here and went to college here in florida too at usf tampa yeah which 
is one of the top 50 public schools and universities okay. in the country. Yeah. I want to point that out right All now. Right. Go, school, go Bulls. <laughs> I was about to say, he's throwing it out to the Bulls. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why, why did you choose that school? Uh, why did I choose the Bulls? Yeah. Um, there's no, like, real reason. Uh-huh. Like, I, I wasn't one of the people who were, like, you know, legacy or anything. I was one of the people like, oh, man, I've got to go there. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. just like, hey, it's a good school. They do a lot of good things. I, I, I'd, I'd like to, you know, go. Okay. And, and it wasn't that cheap. It wasn't that expensive. Okay. And it wasn't too far from home, but it was far enough for me. Right. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> yeah. So it gives you some distance while having the comfort of home still. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Okay. Okay. And you, and you chose education as a major or... Yes, yes. I chose social science education as my major, um, and, and and I, I, contrary to a lot of other people who graduate college, I use my degree. Wow, I know, <laughs> I know, because uh, I don't think yeah. I use mine for. I, I, I mine is management and communication, and then I'm an insurance agent and a podcast. What, what, what is yours, Trey? What's your degree? I'm communication. I communicate all the time. I talk to myself every day, man. <laughs> okay, well, you using yours then. <laughs> Sometimes I win those battles too. <laughs> yeah. I um, I, I, so I taught uh, K through twelve on a cadre team uh, when I was uh, when I first got out. It's like a sub teacher. Experiences from the school. How was it? How was the teaching for you in, in school, and especially with COVID? How how is that going now? So, let me say first and foremost, around my school, I'm the youngest person there. Um, I'm a Gen Z teacher teaching Gen Z kids. Okay. Um, wow. Okay. Let me just say that I think that really helps. Like, if I'm being honest, okay. every kid around the school, whether they have me or not, knows who I am. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, they relate to me. They listen. Yeah. And, and, and I, I get to have fun. I get to do it my way. And that's what yeah. I like about it. Wow. They let you do that. I didn't get that. Wow. In this COVID world, though, I'm not going to lie to you, it's been a little different. Mm-hmm. I'm still doing things my way, but I'm trying to be a lot more intentional about how I do things because I'm on a hybrid status. So I see one set of kids Monday, Tuesday, and another right. set of kids Thursday, Friday. Right, so right. I'm used to that Monday through Friday. Yeah. Um, but granted, I'm okay with what I'm doing now, but it's, it's you got to be really intentional about what you do on those two days that you have them. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, so I'm trying to navigate that and do that. Okay. So, so your lesson plan is it kind of repeating itself for, or kind of almost slowing down a little bit since you're doing Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. So yes and no. My lesson plans from last year, if anything, I'd say they kind of picked up in the sense that they skipped over a few things. So that we can have as much time as we need to focus on the project that we have coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that way, and then once we're done with that project, because I want to knock it out as quick as I can, because I feel like that's where kids do the most learning when it's hands-on, when they got to put it in something. So post-project, that's when I'm going to slow things back down, come back to the beginning, and, and go over the things that we quote-unquote skipped. Okay. Wow. Well, let me ask you this: as, as an educator in Florida, you know, I've heard you know different things. I've I've got some some uh, former classmates, and they were you know they've gone from being teachers to administrators and having to balance the the, the curriculum needs, student needs, and 
and then understanding that in some some cases they still have to deal with common core standards as well. Are are you balancing yeah. that dynamic as well? Uh, yes and no. So Florida recently changed their standards. Okay. Uh, of course, we still got to adhere to the federal standards, but we recently changed our standards to I think they call it smart standards now. Hmm, okay, something like that. Okay. Um. That being said, everything is still according to the standards. You know, we have our own website. We have this thing called CPOMS that tells us what, like kind of what standards we're hitting, how to hit those standards, those things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so we still are juggling those, but ours did recently just change. One thing I'm really happy about that just changed here in Florida, uh, which came along with the new standards, is now high schools have to teach a full semester of they did it before. A full semester of financial literacy. Oh, wow. I, yes. That was one of my questions. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's great, man, because what, what made them recognize that's something that's important? Is it bankruptcy? Is it, I mean... Um, a lot of people was making some noise, and I was one of those people, too. I was like, yo, I don't... Because I was always the kind of kid who never knew financial literacy until I hit college. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. once I started learning in college, that's all I talked about. That's all I was about. Yeah. I was about. I was the finance literacy guy. You got a finance question? Come to me. I'm the finance major. Yeah, there you I'm, go. I got you. That that um, is good. That is awesome. Yeah. And luckily enough for me, because I, I got those skills, um, I, I had a lot less debt than anyone else around me ever. Like I never met someone with less debt than mm. me, less they had zero debt. That's the only time that people had less debt. Yeah. Than me. Okay, wow, that is amazing. You know, you, you said that uh, you're, you're teaching financial literacy. Here's a question I was wondering when I was teaching. Do you think that schools um, don't really encourage students to be business owners and to, I guess, be free thinkers, so to say? Or do you kind of teach them to be employees? Yep, they, yep that's, that's, the, that's the name of the game, to teach to be employees. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's how I felt, too. That's cool was engineered to do during the industrial revolution because yes. that's what people needed exactly um school hasn't really changed too much from then you know what i mean yeah to be so, exactly, and it's funny exactly. Up, yeah mm-hmm. yep. that is it. and it's fun that you bring it up because throughout my entire teaching career and being that i've had a business in my entire teaching career i've told my kids to want to do a business i've, I've actually uh, I actually do a business project where I make my kids start a business. What? That is amazing. Last year wow. uh, was my favorite project so far. This kid made a smoothie cafe. <laughs> yeah. But the cafe was attached to a gym. Whoa. And all the smoothies were really good, like for fitness. Mm-hmm. But what got him the A. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. What got him the A is he actually brought in like the little ninja jet yeah. and made smoothie tasters for his top three smoothies for the entire class. Wow! Wow! That that's that's putting your money where your mouth is. Wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he he got him an A, one hundred percent. Yeah. So stop bringing in apples and start bringing in smoothies. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I really like that idea because not only that you encouraging the students to uh, to to be entrepreneurs, but it also you can get some ideas out there too. Like Shark Tank, you can invest in them as well. That's a I don't know if that's a, <laughs> that's actually that's actually the joke. That's that's the role I played. I was the Shark Tank investor, 
and they had to ask me for for an investment based on a certain amount of equity. Wow. Wow. So that they that that they had to do that. And they, they didn't have to uh, if they evaluate too high, would you be harsh on them or or high? <laughs> <laughs> I see that happening all the time. It's, it's a million dollar company. I said rubber band. <laughs> 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 But uh, no, I, I didn't go that Okay, okay. <laughs> that is a good idea. I'm gonna look they, into that. I probably should have because they was giving away all kinds of equity. Man, but okay, I can see that. So, uh, one other one other question I got about the school before we move on. How do you feel about the students at home wearing do rags and hoodies online? Is that a deal breaker for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, for me. I'm not even gonna lie to you. A lot of these schools are like kind of enforcing their dress code from home. Uh-huh. I'm not gonna lie to you. What am I supposed to do? Send them home? <laughs> right. They'll <laughs> send them to school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so for me, I'm like, well, they came. That's right. That's what matters. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as they're clothed, I'm not. I'm not having too much of an issue. Yeah. Do they? Do they have to show up at, 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 uh, in online, or do just take the test? What's 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 the requirement? So uh, I, I can't speak for every class, but for me, um, a lot of what I do is going to be online. Like, so how, how I'm running my classes Monday, Tuesday, I'm teaching you the lesson. Yep. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or or, or if you're a B day kind of kid and you you have me Thursday and Friday, then Monday, um, Tuesday, Wednesday. That's the time you're gonna work mm-hmm. on the actual work. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But, but to begin, I'm gonna teach you the stuff. Once I teach you those next three days that you have off, that's when you're gonna work on the work. Exactly. And if you have questions, you can email me. You have my 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 phone number. You can text me. You can call me, and I'll help you with my work. Um, but generally, that's kind of where I'm at uh, with doing things. Okay. That's nice because you're giving them the, the, the framework for, for higher education learning where you have your, your class work and then you have your breakout groups or you have your individual work and you come back with the result. I'm not going to lie. I didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I add that to my... But that's how it is. You know? <laughs> you're simple. Get, get it done. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, here's something else I got for you. You had mentioned this uh, this cost of uh, the the school to prison pipeline. Can you talk, touch on that a little bit for us? Okay. So here in Florida, um, this is one thing that kind of just irks me. You know, we spend about nineteen twenty thousand per inmate per year. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. However, on our students, the future. We spend less than ten thousand. In fact, I think the number is not even nine thousand. It's like eight thousand eight hundred something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are like recent numbers. Yeah. You know, so why is it we're spending more than double on our inmates than we are our students? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. That, that, that's just one thing that shows you. Plus, I'm not sure what y'all know about the prison industry. Oh, I know a lot. But oh yeah, there, industry is right. Amendment. Industry is right. Yep. yep. Yup, and the Thirteenth Amendment. You know, slavery is still a thing mm-hmm. with the Thirteenth Amendment. Hello, I think uh, I think he went in and out a little bit. Let's give him a second. Okay, can you hear us, Tony? Let's give him a second on there. Sometimes we get things done. Yeah. <clears throat> But basically, what he was talking about is that um, those prisoners, they're, it's almost like legalized slavery 
Exactly. 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 It's unfortunate we had to go there. It's kind of like a we 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 went through a couple stages: slavery, then Mm -hmm. Jim Crow, then Mm -hmm. uh, mass incarceration. Exactly. Looks like we lost them. Okay. Yeah. Let me uh, let me send the link back one moment. Okay. Yeah, so you know, while he's getting back into the link there, you know, I was, I was thinking about the the way the institutions are set up. Like, okay, we're back. We're back. Sorry, Tony. We we had, we had some technical difficulty. We got there you back. Go. There he is. Okay. Woo, <laughs> Sorry about that. Hey, yeah. back. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, finish telling us about that about that uh, school to prison pipeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, like I was saying, you know, they spend more than double they do on an inmate than they do a student. So the, and, and part of it is that, that that 13th Amendment, that slavery as long as they're in jail. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So they're working for non-existent wages. I mean, it's, I think it's in California right now. You got prisoners fighting the, the wildfires yep. working on a dollar an hour. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. And then, then, then when the wildfire is over, they get out of jail. They can't work for, to do that as a living. They can't do it. Yep. 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 Yeah, that is crazy. That and is not only that, they put their life. That's their life on the line. That's not just you know going to work, clocking in a debt. That's their life. Right. Exactly. That, man. exactly. And you know what's interesting about that is not just those those you no. Know, let's be honest. That's that's a first responder responsibility and skill set. You get individuals who who've learned to be machinists. You know they've got you know educating degrees. They've got law degrees. They've got criminal oh, justice. Yeah. You know. And yet and still, you go back and say, now I've, you've got all these skills that have been utilized or, or learned in this con- very controlled environment. You know, if they made their, you know, their men to society, there are not a lot of second chance organizations out there where individuals can go back and get a restart. Because it goes yes. back to what you said earlier about, hey, schools teach you to be employees and employers are not looking for individuals with history let's be honest right right yeah and so part of the school to prison pipeline and it also goes with the discipline complex because and when Mm -hmm. disciplining there's studies that have shown this um black kids and brown kids but brown i'm mostly mean you know hispanic and latino kids but black kids and hispanic and latino kids specifically the black get harsher punishments um they get punished more often and once you go from there and, and not to mention with SROs and stuff on campus mm-hmm. and I, I'm not bashing SROs for example I love our SRO he's a good guy but with them on campus like it kind of gives some people some some black kids like bad run-ins with the law depending on the SRO mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying all of them I'm saying ours is really good I love that guy he's a pretty cool dude but there's kind of it's just so much that goes into it and I remember the story from a friend of mine who went to a school in Pinellas County down here in Florida and he told me there was actually a jail right across from his high school whoa wow that wow. is a pipeline <laughs> yeah it don't get no more pipeline wow <laughs> so so wow. no doubt recidivism has to be <laughs> high in that area I would think if you're or is that a deterrent? What, what's the thinking there? I, I, I wish I could tell you. Mm. Wow. I wish I could tell you. So, 
So I, I take it that uh, African-American male teachers are a rarity down there or, or is that uh, more prevalent down there? Um, if you want to um, teaching here in Florida, I was told and while I was in college, I was all from, I mean, day one since I joined the education college. People have always told me, if you want a job teaching in Florida, it's best to be a black male. Wow. Mm. Because that's who kids are going to relate with. Mm-hmm. That's who kids are going to see and have that positive role model. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's who kids are going to see and they're going to think, wow, okay, so there's more options than just one, especially with father absenteeism being so prevalent in the black mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, that that Those are amazing stats you're saying, too. So I, I know, I'm sure you probably published a few books, too, uh, to share your knowledge. I, I not a few books, but I have I have published a book. Okay. Um, it's called Fifty Inspiring Black Stories, oh. and it's it's a book that tells you fifty stories about people that you would have never learned about in school. Oh, wow. I know, as I'm a history teacher, that's what I do. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I, that's that's what that book is about, and it has some I mean amazing stories. Mm. Amazing! I, I'd love to tell you one, but I don't know how much time we got. Oh, we we, we got we got another thirty more minutes with you. Yeah. All right. So in that case, yeah, go ahead, tell, you, tell you the story of Paul Cuffy. Okay. This man is a straight up legend. I wish I knew about him in school. I wish I was taught about him earlier. I wish he had a movie. <laughs> that might be your calling. You might be able to produce that. There you go. <laughs> I, I, might, I might. Let me tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you. I need to reach out to Spike tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) But Paul Cuffey is a dude who his father was a slave. Uh Uh, He got freed and he adopted the last name of the guy who freed him. His father's name was Kofi Slocum. So he adopted the the last name of the guy who freed him, Slocum. Um, But Paul Cuffey took his father's first name and made that his last name. And if you look back to the origins of the name, Kofi comes from, I, I want to say Ghana. Okay. It's a Ghanaian name. I'm trying to remember what it means, but I, that's, that, that escapes me right now. I think it means something like Navigator, uh-huh. which goes towards what Paul Cuffy does. He was, a, he was a boat guy. He he was a navigator. He was a boat builder, ship builder, actually. Not even a boat, but a ship builder. Um, and he did his thing. I mean, like, since he was a kid, he was building boats. Mm. And entrepreneur, I mean... When he, and his teams, he built him a boat and he would do his own trade routes between different islands um, off the coast. Wow. And this is a teenager. I'm talking like 16, 17. Mm-hmm. And I mean making money. That is amazing. And then, once the uh, Revolutionary War happened, he made boats to smuggle supplies to Union lines. Are not doing because this war to, to the USA to, mm-hmm. to the US to revolutionary soldiers. He got caught by the British. The British took his ship, imprisoned him in, in in New York, and after about three months, he got out, built him another ship, and then he only went on that ship during the nighttime uh-huh. while it was storm because he knew no one could chase him. No one could be better than him. No one could find him at night in storm. Wow. There you go. Wow. Yeah, and then it gets it gets so much. That's not even like that's not even the beginning. Like he, he didn't even start yet. Wow. But after the war, 
these people were like, yo, man, you should really, like, you're really good at this. You should start your own mercantile business. I mean, like, you you would kill the game. <laughs> so he gets him an all-black crew. He builds him an all-black ship. They all get on this ship, and they start their own, he starts his own mercantile business. He is importing and exporting goods from the U.S. to uh, Africa, to Europe, to all kinds of places. Mm. And he, he loves Sierra Leone. He loves Sierra Leone. And I, and I say that because the rest of the story is important to Sierra Leone. Mm-hmm. So, with his mercantile business, he's, he's I'm telling you, he's making money. Man. He's making money. There's not many white men alive at the time making the kind of money that he was, that he was making. Yeah. <laughs> um, during the War of 1812, his, one of his ships get taken by the U.S. The U.S. impounded his ship. He goes back to find out from Sierra Leone. He goes back to the U.S. to find out his ship has been impounded by the president. You know what this man does? A black man. I want to emphasize that. A black man. Yep. You know what he does? What do you do? He goes to the White House, knocks on the president's front door. The, a black man. The first black man to do so. <laughs> I just want to repeat that. <laughs> Because if any other black man would have right. it, it would not have ended so well. We already know. Not from that front door. Says, hey, I'm going to need my shit back or we're going to have some problems. Dang. <laughs> Gangster. Like that? Six days later. <laughs> six days later. His shit was brought back to him with a boat. Dang. Oh, man. <laughs> Man, I think that, black man. this wow. is definitely a good story. That's that's something I think that doesn't need to be told. You know, definitely. it kind of kind of reminds me of um, uh, Robert Smalls. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought about when I when I because I knew about Smalls before I knew about Cuffy. Yeah, and and Smalls is my favorite until I heard about Cuffy. Okay, well I need to. <laughs> um, I definitely I'm, I'm definitely gonna get your book. What, your book mm-hmm. again is called Fifty Inspiring Stories. Fifty and Fifty Inspiring. So, well, I can't even say it. <laughs> 50 inspiring black stories. 50 inspiring black stories. And, and, and I'm, I'm, okay. I'm going to leave Paul Cuffey's story there because there's actually a whole second half. A whole second half. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, now, don't, you gotta, now, now you got us on the hook now. So now we got to go out and get the book. <laughs> Everyone yeah. look. Yep. You got to get the book. You got to yeah. get the book. Where, where, where's this book at? Is it, where, is it on uh, Amazon or anything? Yep, it's on Amazon. Cool. Okay. All right. I'll definitely get that because, yep. yeah, so. Okay, now that you know, uh, we, we, we 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 can talk offline about that because uh, Trey and I mm-hmm. we, we, we we're Amazon sellers, so we, we can talk about that offline. Anyway, <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, get. Uh, I had a, two more questions. You have another question for him, Trey? You want to get into before I jump in the line? You know, I, I just loved his his energy when it comes to talking about the dynamics between the kids and the history and making the difference. You know, you think about yourself as being, you know. Know a surrogate father, brother, uncle to these these individuals. Have you gotten any feedback from anyone who's moved on from from primary education and and to that next step to say, hey, you know what? Because of what Mr. Tony has taught me, I've been able to do this. Have you got any feel good stories from from any any of your students lately? Uh, I, I ain't been in the game that long. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know. I, I, I got some feel good stories. But I ain't in the game that long though. Okay. Um, I've had parents and I've had students reach out to me in the short term. Okay. No one who's ever been to that next level because this is my second year teaching. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, teaching with salary. Let me say okay. that. Okay. Yes. Um, but I've gotten parent calls, emails, all kinds of things. I mean, people are just like, man, 
you were such a refreshing person for my kid. Like, you, my kid is doing so much better because of you. My kid always talks about you. Um, Mm -hmm. In fact, I'm starting to get some of the siblings of kids I've had before. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, so you're Mr. Eldon. My sister still talks about you. (laughs) See, they're different. that's that's all. Awesome. That's, yeah. that's the point I was asking about. Just knowing you're you're making that influence. You know, let's just say you're going to be number fifty-one in, in that in that book. Then look at it that way. You're making. <laughs> now, it, now. If I'm writing the book, yeah, yeah in his own book, I think you'll be number one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if I'm writing the book. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so let, let's let's transition this here into uh, politics because. I understand that you're running for Congress, or are you currently in Congress? Which one is it? So I, I'm, I'm running for the Florida Legislature. Yes, uh, from Florida Senate District 21. Um, shout out to my Floridians who are in my area. Vote for me. Donate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and how did this come about? What what brought this in? Because seemed like you you're busy on that other end. So how 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 do you have time? And and how did this start? Let me tell you right now, I don't, I don't have time. Time is of the of the essence, man. Mm-hmm. It's a luxury I never knew I would, I would depend so much on. Yes. Um, but I actually never wanted to be in politics, like, like for actually, like, like never actually wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a kid, though, I will say, I will say, when I was a kid, and that's the one of the major things I will fault Obama for. When I was a kid, I wanted to be the first black president for the Obama rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. But but growing up, I never really had that like, oh, I'm definitely going to do it, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, that being said, I'm a really big activist. You know, I, I march for all kinds of reasons. I march for health care. I march um, for immigration. I march for teacher stuff. Mm-hmm. One thing I have marched the heck out of is Black Lives Matter. Mm. Uh, I even got the chance to lead a march unintentionally. It was kind of weird how that happened. And at that march I led, not for nothing... Some guy shot paintball, shot a paintball gun at him. Oh, what? Yeah, I know. Like, it was kind of crazy. I mean, I didn't get hit, luckily, but and no one really got hit. But still, it was like, wow, you just shot a, a paintball gun, brother? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, those hurt. Uh-oh. Yeah, they do. They can, they leave a mark. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And so, especially when you're not dressed for it, you know <laughs> right? Because I, mean? I had my sleeve, my, my arms all out, legs all out. Man, it's hot down here in Florida. Yeah, but it's Florida, man. <laughs> when when don't you do that? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what, was this? So, but I was so big in my activism, and I'm so big on activism in my on my Instagram account too. You should follow me. Uh, BLK dot thought stands for Black Thought. No, not the rapper. <laughs> <laughs> BLK dot thought. Yeah, we'll, we'll go over that and make sure we get you. Absolutely, absolutely. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. I talk about all kinds of Black history. I talk about my activism, all kinds of stuff. Yes. Um, and I've just gotten so used to being an activism, an activist, and speaking to other activists that I kind of just, I guess, made my name there. I don't know. Okay. So this area that I'm in, when the person who was in the race before me, she actually uh, had to vacate the race and move to Tennessee because of some complications. I don't want to get into that. That's her story, not mine. Right. Mm-hmm. But but they needed someone to take over that spot. Mm-hmm. And, and and then what it's called is it's called tapping when they tap you in. Yes. So they, so they tapped me in. They was like, "Yo, do you want the spot? Like we'll 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 give it to you. Do you want it? Because you you kind of already got that voice." Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, yeah, I do. Because the day before, 
I was literally praying. I'm a believer. I don't know if y'all are, but I was praying and I was like, yo, God, there's something else I can do. There's more I can do. There is more. There has to be more. Mm-hmm. All you got to do, show me a sign about what next to do. I'll do it. No questions asked. Yeah. That very next day is when I got tapped in. Wow. That very next day. They said, do you want to do I said, yeah. And what ended up happening was there's actually another guy who was challenging me for the seat. And so they had to interview us both. Um, and and no 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 fault to the other guy. The other guy was a really cool guy. He uh, spoke to me after the uh, after everything was said and done. He was really happy for me. But between both parties, because there's the, the Manatee group that had to interview me and the Hillsborough group that had to interview me, mm. they all chose me unanimously. Wow. So, the, so you I are the endorsed you are the endorsed candidate for that district. Is that correct then? Yep, I'm the endorsed candidate for the district. God opened the door. Wow. He gave me the endorsement. He said, yo, I, I did my part. Now you got to do yours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and odds are, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but my opponent, he's not going to be no easy person to beat. Mm-hmm. However, even if I lose, I'm not going to count it as a loss. I'm going to count it as a lesson. Right. No, no failures. Because mm-hmm. I'm coming back harder next time. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. He, they will know my name. It's simple as that. They will know it. Okay, so you Because just... I'm raising heck about all kinds of issues. I'm raising it about why we not investing in our kids. I'm raising it about why we still got these racist laws from when slavery was a thing. Hmm. Uh, there's some press law. I'm, I'm raising it about all kinds of issues. Yeah. So, so do, do you think people are going to be responsive with that? Because... We're, we're in a touchy climate now, and it seems like people are, I mean, I don't know. I mean, are, are, are you feeling yeah, reach, reach on the people? I think there's no better time than now. Right, right. I also think even if I can't reach them, that there are, like, if I can't reach everyone, and odds are I'm not, because you can never please everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. But all I need to reach is 51%. <laughs> true. That's true. That's you true. know, but that's let me ask you a quick question. Then you know, you know, on previous episodes, we we what I would categorize where we are right now is is that pivot point when it comes to where you know society in general is going. You know, you got progressives, you got moderate, you know, you got conservatives, liberals, you know, all these things that are in in that are making up the the patchwork of society. How would you how would you categorize you know, and not to put you know a People on that particular district. How would you basically identify the demographics of the district that you're, that you're looking to to gain support from? My district is probably about. If I'm, if I'm just pinpointing it, I would say sixty percent conservative, mm-hmm. or, or right leaning, mm-hmm. and then that other forty percent left leaning. That's that's generally what I would give it. Mm-hmm. That being said. That being said, I still think there's a chance for me to win, not based on uh, in, in, in political ideology, but based in turnout. Um, mm-hmm. and, and like Obama says, you know, yeah, there's issues, but don't boo. I mean, don't boo, vote. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so that's going to be my kind of thing. I'm telling people, don't boo, vote. Yeah, there's issues. You think that's an issue? Great, vote. That's an issue for you? Great, vote. You know, because we got a lot of people that don't vote despite being registered to vote. And that's who I'm going to be reaching out to because they're already registered. Mm-hmm. Half the work is done. Yeah. 
they just gotta show up at the polls. Yeah. So my goal is to get them angry, because you know who votes the most? Angry people. Angry people. Yeah. Yeah. Because they want change. They look for that. They want that change. Well, you know that's interesting because uh, uh, the forty-five seems to be intent on. It seems like not encouraging people to vote or whatever he's doing. How do you feel about that? His entire plan is to not have people vote. Mm-hmm. That is his plan. He don't care if we... And what makes me angry about him is he don't want no one else to vote by mail, but him and his entire staff vote by mail. <laughs> wow. I did not know that. That don't make no sense to me. Yeah. And, and I, I guess they can spin in the media to, to think what they want because it seemed to be a lot of people tend to think the guy's, uh, you know, I'm not saying he's not smart, but it seemed like people believe in him, you know? I mean, could you yeah, could, could you work with him if you had to? Could I work with him? Yeah. Um, I, I would be in the room. If I had to, I would definitely be in the room. I'm, I'm 100% for compromise. I'm 100% for making a deal. Uh-huh. I would work with him if I had to. Okay. But... I pray to God I don't know how. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, how about this question? Um, say you're, you're a person like me who's neutral. Uh, I try to stay neutral on political events here. What's the difference between a Democrat and a Republican? I I, I, I have an idea, but I just kind of want to get it, you know, from you. You're, you're, you're an expert in that area. So, um, I, I'm a Democrat. Uh, I kind of also have to say that for marketing purposes. Um, but I'm a Democrat and the difference between the two I kind of don't like it only because a lot of people really fall into the middle between the two you know like they, they, they're, they're usually like a, a moderate conservative or a moderate liberal mm-hmm. you know yeah. or a moderate leftist or a moderate right is what you're going to call them so really I think a lot of people just fall into having to pick a side because there's only two sides mm-hmm. you know um that being said, the major difference is that Republicans want smaller government. Well, what they say they want, what they say they want, mm-hmm. is, is they want smaller government and more <coughs> mercantile capitalism type freedom. Um, Democrats don't necessarily want bigger government. They just want government to have a bigger role in taking care of the people. You know, and that's like one of the things they, 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 they want is Medicare for all. Yes, that would acquire that would acquire bigger government, but for the purpose of caring for everyone. Okay. Because we're the only major country in the world that does not have Medicare for all mm-hmm. or free care system. There's no other country out there that does that does that, that has a private payer system like us. Wow. Um so Yes, Democrats want bigger government, but for the purpose of helping the people, not for the purpose of having more power. Does that make sense? I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I would I would agree with I would agree with with uh, Ward on this point. Not my mom on of the, the the neutralist stand as well too. Trying to see where where you know there are definitely issues that are 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 causing problems across the board for people, and when it comes to dealing with resolving those issues boy i tell you what it, it takes a, a bigger hand than than what we've seen lately to get these things resolved you know back yeah. With that, yeah with that being said you know what what do you think is going to you know what do you see the next 
70 days looking like when it comes to you know the rhetoric that that's out there man i'm 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 borderline turning off facebook or turning <laughs> off <laughs> just because of the ideologies that are coming from both angles like man i don't need all this noise how yeah. how how do you recommend an individual to to you know turn out the the the, the noise to 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 boil it down to what they what you feel would be a a relevant point for for discussion even if it's on the other side of the table what what, 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 what yeah. would be your recommendation on that well I, I, I'm gonna talk on how I do things mm-hmm. um, so I, I like I said time is of the essence for me so how I do things I usually listen to the news via podcast mm-hmm. but I listen to podcasts on both sides of the aisle mm-hmm. so like I'll listen to the Rachel Maddow show and then I'll listen to the Sean Hannity show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Granted, I don't, I don't like Sean Hannity. And really, uh, that's not my issue, whether I like him or not. I want to hear that other side. Right. Uh, um, I think a one-sided story is the worst kind of story. Especially, mm-hmm. you know, that's how they do with Black history. Everything's a one-sided story told from, from the white perspective. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So for me, I like that two sides. I, I like listening to um, the Fox. And, and, and the other news stations. I, I especially like listening to NPR. Um, yes. News fan of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Because they try to stay a little non-political. And, and I like that. Well, not non-partisan. They try to stay a little non-partisan. And I like that. But um, generally, I will listen to both sides. And then I'll formulate my opinion based on that. Mm. Now, that sounds like you have a little bit of a Malcolm in your... Uh, influence in there because I know he would do that he would try to figure out an answer either way and, and look at both sides but yeah. did, did you kind of study him a little bit on there or anything I've studied Malcolm for many a year <laughs> okay okay yeah I, I sensed that I was many like kind of got that in there wonderful that, that's good to know Let me, you, you said that you, you prayed before that how does religion and politics mix <clears throat> in your opinion um, or, or does it or does it so I try to make it not mix um, because in, in the U.S. Uh, I'm not going to speak for every country, but in the U.S. we have a clause that, that basically says um, don't mix religion and politics. I know, you know, yeah. Religion and state. You can't mix those. So I try to not mix them in my political thinking. Mm-hmm. That being said, I, I'm not going to sit here and act like I don't pray to God when I'm, when I'm confused on something or yes. when I need to answer to something. But generally... I try to not have them both mixed um, for that specific purpose of separation of church and state. Okay. All right. I know um, <clears throat> I was watching new news the other day and uh, they had asked Trump a question. I thought that was so interesting. I, I like sometimes how politicians don't always answer the question. I, I, I just find that, that amusing. They asked him, said, so you had the Bible up the other day. They said, what is your favorite book of the Bible? He said, well, you know, that's kind of personal. I don't really like to talk about that. And he said, well, New Testament or Old Testament? He said, they're kind of even. I was like, wow. So do you feel that you have to kind of do that sometime with questions too as a, as a politician? Or, or are you just going to just answer all those tough questions? So after I went through a little bit of politician training, I learned that that tactic is called pivoting. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. What it is is you don't answer the question, you pivot to something that you're more knowledgeable about. And the reason you pivot is because you are not knowledgeable about it. Mm-hmm. So when he pivoted by saying, oh, it's personal, 
what he was really saying is he don't know nothing about it. <laughs> politics 101. Yeah. Um, yep. Now, my answer to your question is I will take all of the hard questions, but I'm also not of a volition to lie. Right. So when people ask me those kind of questions and I don't know the general answer, my response is going to be, I don't know the general, like, I don't really know too much about that. Can you maybe rephrase the question? Right. Um, mm. Some background info, or can I get back to you with an answer? Okay, good one. Good one. I'm, not, I'm not a good person to lie. You know what you just did there, Tony? You just what? did the. You just did the what I call the spelling bee uh, mentality. Can you use it? <laughs> <laughs> what is the <this> word? <laughs> What's the origin of the word? Or please, you just yeah. please. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Tony. You had mentioned that the uh, the, the person you're running against, uh, he he's not necessarily the, the easiest opponent. What what are uh, some of the challenges that you think you may have to overcome to possibly win to win this one? So he 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 himself has been running for the past well actually more than a year now. Okay. I have been running for about two weeks. Okay. Okay. So he's got he's got time in, in the game. Mm-hmm. He's a lot older, so people are going to think he's a lot more experienced. Um, he has money. I mean, like money, money. Oh. And his campaign right now, he's got like $71,000, mm. something like that. Yeah. With another about half million to dig into if he wants to. Wow. Uh, the one thing I'm really... And, and he also has a name in the game because he's been in the Florida legislature before. Yeah. Um, different. He, was, he served in a different capacity true indeed but he's still been there before what i'm going to do my goal is because he can beat me and bang me every other way he's got the money mm-hmm. he's got the name he's got experience what he does not have is digital oh he cannot beat me in digital right that is one thing he cannot do mm-hmm. and so with this being the time that we're in right now Digital is going to win the race. Absolutely. Point blank period. Yeah, yeah. So is Point the person you're running against period. is he the incumbent or or is that a wide open seat? It's so it's a wide open seat. Oh, okay. oh wow. The incumbent that was there, he was uh, he didn't resign. He he got term limited, so he can't run for that seat again. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but the new guy who's trying to take that seat, he ran in a different capacity. Uh, in the Florida House, not the Florida Senate. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What, what this this role that you're running for? What are some of the things that would you be able to accomplish in this position? Um, I could make laws. I could I could draft laws, things like that for anything Florida. Okay. Would it be national? Um, I'm not saying that's not the next step, but yeah, it would be Florida based. It'd be Florida focused. So, for example. One thing I could do is repeal, or I could propose the legislature to repeal the citizen's arrest law in Florida. Hmm. Now, what, which what, is a law that's yeah. carried over from slave time. What is that? The citizen's arrest law. What does that mean? So, oh, is it like stand your ground or something? It's a little different stand your ground. It's kind of like it, but a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so citizen's arrest law, it's kind of like what happened to Ahmaud Arbery, mm-hmm. where those men perform their own citizen's arrest because they thought yeah. they were doing something bad. Detained them based off they of thought. citizen status versus being a civil servant. Wow. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
And that's a law that is carried over from slave times. That law was created to catch black people on suspicion that they were trying to escape slavery. And that's still on the books. It's still in the books. Wow. Wow. You know, that that so, doesn't go. Hey, Tony, you think, exactly. about, you think about the patchwork of Florida across the board there, you know, you get closer to the north where the Florida Georgia line is, there's a certain demographic. You get, you know, in the middle of the, of the state, there's another demographic. Uh, then you get down towards, you know, there, you know, near Florida, and that's that's just, you know, that's totally different demographic down there as well. So, how would your reach? I know digitally you're able to to get to those individuals, but what would be the reach to to to, to go across those different demographic boundaries or borders that are that make up Florida? So my goal is to advertise specifically to not left-leaning non-party affiliates mm-hmm. and to middle-aged white women. That is the people I'm reaching out to. That's my audience. Mm-hmm. I, I Don't get me wrong. I'm a Democrat and I care about the Democrats, but I'm going to let Joe Biden do the marketing to them. Mm. You know, he, he's got that. Him and his million-dollar coffers, they got that. Yeah. I'm going to reach out to the people I know I can win because if I can win those people I know I can win, then I'm going to win the race. That simple. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And there's people that I know I can't win. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to market those people I know I can't win. I'm not going to market to, um, you know, Trump supporters because I can't win Trump supporters. I'd love to, and I've spoken to many Trump supporters because I, I like having that kind of dialogue, that right. kind of discourse. And I, and I never get heated. I never do. But I know I can't win. Them. Do they get heated with you? Oh man, I had one so we have we have a, a county fair and there was like two years ago, I don't want to, no a year ago. There was a guy who was at this Trump stand and he was you know, putting this thing out about Trump. Um and I'm very educated. For for a twenty three year old, I am very educated. I look at statistics. I don't look at any kind of things like that. I, I don't care about emotion. I look at the numbers. That's what I'm about. Mm-hmm. And I don't look at the numbers from one side of the spectrum. I look at the numbers from both sides of the spectrum, as well as the people that these numbers are supposed to be about. So I, I say that just to preface the story. This man was arguing for the border wall, right? Wow. On the southern border. Yeah. And I was like, okay, but why? And he was, and he, he got emotional and he was like, well, even if it made me 1% safer, I'd want to do it. And I was like, okay, so you're going to spend billions and billions of dollars to make you 1% safer? You know, we live in Florida, right? You got to work. We, we don't have a border wall. Right. <laughs> but what, what kind of made me like sit or kind of pull myself back was even after I told him that one, there's a lot more things you can do that are a lot less primitive than a wall to protect us. But two, but there no one really comes through the southern border when it comes to, you know, terrorist right. activity yeah. or, or, or things like that. In fact, in fact, it's been proven when it comes to drug cartels, what they do is they'll pay to send people to Canada and have them come through the northern border. <laughs> wow. Wow. As well as. I think over the past four years, something like that, it was six six possible terrorists. Mm. They weren't even confirmed terrorists, six possible, not confirmed, that came through the southern border. Through the northern border, 
There was 41 confirmed tariffs. Uh-oh. Watch out, man, Montana. Watch out now. Watch out, Montana. <laughs> so when I told that to the man, he was like, well, even still, with the southern border, we can be 1% more safe. And I'm like, dude, that's not even a thing. Like, what? Mm. That okay. makes no sense. Okay. <laughs> and then all everyone around me, everyone around me, I kid you not, there was about like, because it, it drew a crowd. It drew a crowd. As, as yelling always does. And the guy, the guy was yelling. Yeah. It drew a crowd and everyone was like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> this young boy know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. I have people approach me after the argument, like, oh, how'd you know all that information? Yeah. I'm like, oh, you just go to the, uh, the, the, the national home, the, the border patrol website. You can look it up. It's literally on their website. It's public yeah. information. Knowledge is power. It's, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you, I find a lot of people, uh, tend to just believe what they hear and really are big on research. I find that that's a challenge today because in the industry I'm in in insurance, uh, we have to write our our literature at a fifth grade reading level because many times people just don't do that. So when you say they can look it up, I don't think they're really going to do that. So I think that's probably a, a problem there. How, how do you deal with people who aren't as educated on, on things? Is that more work for you or are you, something you guys are trying to combat in other ways? It works for me uh, when I'm trying to prove a point. Uh, I'm not going to say and pretend like I don't take advantage of people when they don't know certain things. But then <laughs> that, that opens up the hole for me in an argument. Right. However, right. when I'm teaching people, and, and I and I thank this for my teaching degree, you know, it, it, it makes it super easy having that prior knowledge to relay the message, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And to, and to drive home the point. Mm-hmm. So for me, it works both ways. When I need to argue, it, it, it opens up the holes for me to get into. Mm-hmm. When I need to teach. Oh, I think we lost him. Oh, he's almost there. He had that pivot <laughs> point for it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. He, 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 there he is. There he, he is. Could. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tony. Oh, so I said, um, so yeah, it, it, it opens up when I need to argue, it opens up the ear, uh, it opens up those holes for me to get into. When I need to teach, it opens up those ears for me to what I need to get into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it works both ways for me. That makes sense. Let's see what you're saying. Um, here's a point I was uh, looking up here. Say we're probably on in this year of 365 days, we're probably on day 241, 245, somewhere up in there. But for the first 235 days of the year, we had 751 um, people killed by police. So basically, they were saying it was only 12 days that someone was not shot. What's your stance on uh, policing in, 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 the, in the country and, and even in Florida? Um, so I'll say I'll, I'll speak on the country. Um, so because I think that's what most people are going to relate to. I think yes. policing nationwide they say there's not a lot of they say there's that there's you know bad cops good cops there may be bad cops good cops i'm not saying that there's not i'm saying as a good cop if you don't stop a bad cop then you are a Mm -hmm. bad cop Mm. and i think that's what happens nationwide for example with george floyd why did no one else no one else these supposed good cops 
tell the man, yo, I think he really hurting. Mm-hmm. And, and as a police officer, what you're supposed to do when anyone is hurt at any point in time, you are supposed to stop and render aid. First responder. Yeah. That is your job. Right. That's what you're supposed to do. Why did no one, none of the even, I'm not going to say they're all bad cops. Let's, granted, let's say one of them was a good cop. Why did the supposed good cop not do his job? Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's that thin line of blue, I think. Because it, yes. they're not really yes. being held accountable either. Because typically law officer or enforcement, they really don't go to jail. It, I mean, nope. I mean Amber Geiger uh, got sentenced, but she's appealing that now too. And, and her lawyers even stated that she was dishonest when she her testimony because she said uh, she shot the guy because she thought it was her apartment. But the way the entry wounds of the bullet showed did it, she was standing above him and she said she was standing in the court. It's, it's, things just weren't right. So typically mm-hmm. I find law enforcement, they're, they're not going to do time. We know that. We, yeah. So yeah. is that something that you could... Uh, well, I know it's kind of hard to get bills passed, and and definitely the way you wanted it when it starts out. I, I've never seen a bill go in and come out the same way. Yeah, why, exactly. why is that the problem? Um, it's a give and take every time. Give and take. You know, yeah, you know? yeah. It, it, honestly, there is. It's give and take. So, what a lot of politicians do, and what I'm going to need to do, because I live in a a swing state. Yes, but our government in this state is, I mean, red to the bone. Um, so what I'm going to need to do is I'm going to need to have that give and take as well I know 100% that any law I introduce is not going to come out the same way it came in Right. for example citizen's arrest if I put in a law to repeal citizen's arrest what's going to happen is the other side of the aisle is going to say hey because it goes through the committees first so it's going to say hey, this is not going to pass our committee unless you make some changes. Right. Once it passes that committee, it goes to the next committee. It goes to the next committee. And once it finally gets on the floor, that's when they're like, okay, hey, this is on the floor. We all can discuss it. Changes, 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 changes. Yep. So, really, a law goes through so many different committees and groups mm-hmm. that edit it. Yes. That by the time you get to the end, one, you're going to want to have the votes for the entire group because if you don't have the votes, that law is going to go nowhere. Right. Point, like, um, and that's where that give and take comes in. That's when you have to give it, okay, look, I'm okay with you making these edits. Or, look, you guys passed my law, I'll vote for you on your next law. Oh. Look, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Wow. So that's why a law generally does never comes out the way it came in. Generally, mm-hmm. never does. Yeah, I uh, attended a meeting here in Indiana once and they were talking about kind of how to introduce bills and different things. And the first time they read this, these bills, they had like an auctioneer reading these things and it was going by so fast. And he did it three yep. times. I was like, what is that? Do they do that in Florida? You read it that fast and you kind of barely get a glimpse of it. Then you go back through again. And if you make it through that, then you can move it on. Is that how it is there? Um, I don't know for certain. Um, that being said, there is three readings. I do. I can confirm that. Okay. And technically, technically, because everyone has to get a copy of the law, like you, yes, you, you're not uh-huh. unincluded un- someone from getting their own copy. So technically, what they're supposed to do is read it on their own, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all of us have three readings. 
Um, another thing that most people do, if they do it at all, is they'll have their legislative assistant read it and, and oh. then point out the inconsistencies. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, Tony, let me ask you this. I've, I've heard of instances where an individual have will add pork into a, a bill knowing that that's going to be a red line item. So they're willing to <laughs> write an additional thing just so we can have it removed. <laughs> yeah, that's smart. That's I know smart. it's a tactic, but yep. hey, let's put this in here. We know they're going to write it out. We don't really want it, yep. but let's let's just go ahead and add this pork in here just for 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 relevancy and give them something that they can hey right. they can red mark that one yep. that way it'll they'll, they'll yep. make it easier to pay with some bills through there. So yep, hypothetically, I'm not endorsing that type of behavior, but you know. Uh, <laughs> Feel free to add a ham sandwich to your to your, your bill. Yeah, I think that actually happens. I really do more times yes, than none. All the time. All the yeah. time. You got to give them something to take yeah. out. You got to give them something to mark up. Can, can exactly. anybody? Can anybody run for office? Like even a homeless person say? Yeah, anyone can. As long as you uh, are 21 and a registered voter, right. you can run for um, any Florida legislature office. If you are 25, any federal legislature or federal Congress office. If you are, I think 25 is also, or maybe 30 is also the governor's seat. Um, and then 35, you can run for president no matter your background. Mm-hmm. You've got to be living in the U.S. and a registered voter for a certain amount of time. Wow. But uh, anyone can do it. Yeah. Okay. So, so you, you don't have to have a lot of money? Nope. Right. In fact, if you actually saw, so you know how this past cycle on the Democratic side, we had like a million people running for office. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's just the people you saw. That's a good point. It was way more than that. I mean, everyone. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm just throwing out people. I don't really know if they did it. I'm just giving examples or exaggerating. From like the pastor down the street mm-hmm. to um, the mailman on that block or whatever like literally anyone can do it and 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 this past cycle so many people did so many um the ones y'all saw were the ones that just made it into the limelight wow so so tony what you're saying is basically you don't need a lot of money experience or dare i say even intelligence oh no let's not get him in trouble let's not get him in trouble no, I'm not saying that. I'm not. I'm just my personal experience. <laughs> uh, uh, here's a here's a question for you. You're down in Florida, and we have the NBA bubble down there. Now, mm-hmm. I understand that the uh, a lot of the teams they're ready to walk away from it. And uh, LeBron James was a, a very vocal about this, and I understand that um, the younger people were kind of upset with him because he was ready to say, "No, let's just give it up." But apparently. They don't get paid if they don't play. And LeBron figure he, he has his money. Do you think the NBA should get involved with with this type of activity, or should they just dribble and play basketball? I think that if you are a celebrity in any in any capacity, or if you have a platform, or if you have a platform in any capacity, and you don't use it to make the world better, mm-hmm. then I can't respect you that much. Mm. Uh, so I think what the NBA players are doing is beautiful. Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. And I really want to point out, like, just because LeBron James at first he really wasn't about it. You know what I mean? Like there were so many other players that came forward before him. Yes. He, he kind of like held off on doing it. I don't. I'm not gonna say it's to sell shoes. <laughs> However, I'm gonna assume it is. Yeah. But. 
the fact that he eventually came around to doing it because once he said it, that's when it was done. You know, right. Everyone, hey, now we got to do it. Right. Yeah, he doing it. Oh, and cool. I and I understand for the younger players, you know, you don't you don't get your money unless you play. But at the same time, they don't get know, it. They don't they, get it. Yeah, because I mean, think about it. Jacob Blake was was shot paralyzed now seven uh, times seven. seven times there was another guy in Louisiana 11 times in the back I'm trying to remember his name I think it was Terrell something like something like that Parallel, something like that yeah 11 times in the back granted I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and, and, and say that you know he, he would he didn't have a knife in his hand the one in Louisiana he did have a knife in his hand he may have posed a threat I don't know but he was walking away from police yes and, mm. and you had to shoot him 11 times? Right. 11. Because he feared for his life. You know, they always, that's what they, they go to thing. Exactly. Yeah. And, and not for nothing. So was it, but, no, go ahead, Tony. Go ahead. What, what makes me angry is this is what y'all do every time. However, when you go to people who shoot up schools, Man. churches, concerts, why is it every single time? They captured no no bullets in them. Right. But when a black man, non-threatening, non-violent, maybe a little uncompliant, maybe. I'm not gonna right. sit here and act like you know we don't un- we don't we don't comply all the time. Mm-hmm. But regardless, why are people committing mass murder getting better treatment than us? Yep. So it seems like it's not it's not the person holding the weapon or the supposed weapon, but the color of their skin. That's what it seemed like. Because uh, the the guy the other day who came from, I think, Wisconsin, drive to Illinois, or was Kenosha, Illinois, yeah. Wisconsin, yeah, he went up there and he had the gun and he started shooting people and the cops were letting him walk by and giving him water. I'm yeah. like, like how, do, how, how does that work? And they drove right past asking like yelling, he just killed two people. He just killed, and they walk right past, go right past them. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. And mm. Did you see the headlines too? No, I didn't. New York Post. No, what they say? New York Post put out a headline talking about Kenosha shooter clean was cleaning graffiti prior <laughs> to murdering two people. Yes. But that's... when they went to Trayvon, but then if you go back and you look at Trayvon Martin's headline for mm-hmm. the New York Post, seventeen-year-old. Uh, killed, who was killed, had marijuana in his system. Mm-hmm. Autopsy says. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I used to be. I used to be a toxicologist too. I know you can. You can manipulate those tests and different things because I, I don't even want to get into the stories I had to go to court on when I was a toxicologist because uh, I, I don't want to talk about that. But yeah, I, I understand, and that, that's unfortunate. So, as say, as a person like me who's neutral, what would you tell me about voting? Say, because I say, you know what, I, I think I just don't. This doesn't work. I don't think it can do. What would you say to someone like me? I would say don't vote because you believe in a party or because you're a Democrat or Republican. Don't vote to do that. Vote because you're pissed off about something that you want corrected. That's why I'm going to tell you to vote. And whoever, Hmm. whoever aligns with your specific goals that you want to accomplish, vote for that person. If one person is sitting here talking about the school to prison pipeline, who's a young black man from Florida, 
who's really handsome as a, <laughs> as a teacher and he aligns up with your goals what you want done right then vote for him mm, okay That's or if, if you support something else that that man doesn't support don't vote for him but don't vote because he's a Republican or a Democrat vote because he aligns with what you want to accomplish mm-hmm. that's what I would say okay all right so one can one vote make a difference do you believe that or um let me tell you right now one vote can make so much of a difference just in a recent race not too long ago recent race uh for the primaries there was someone running in my in my area and she was not that far from winning and she was a much better person than her opponent Mm. she didn't need that many more votes there was another guy he was only 350 votes off from winning and he he was running for a judge and this man would have been one of the fairest judges we've ever had in this area Mm. 300 votes from winning there was our in our most in our last gov, uh, governor race. He was less than thirty three thousand votes from winning. That may seem like a big number, but when you compare it to the fact that Florida is one of the largest states in this country with the one of the highest populations, that number is really insignificant. And really, they didn't even count all the votes because they threw out all of Broward County's votes, one of our biggest counties. Wow. Who for sure would have voted for Andrew Gillum, a black man I want to point out. Mm-hmm. They for sure would have voted towards him. They threw those votes out. Those votes would have put him over. Easily. So, I think every single vote counts. Every one. Mm-hmm. And, and, and one thing I will say, in Florida, what people have been doing a really good job of is making sure that any vote cast is a vote count. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got lawyers in every polling place now. Wow. We got people watching the people count the votes to make sure they're counted. Mm. So would it be better with paper ballots? Those mailing, would they be better? Uh, mm. I, this, this is where my age comes into play. So I think it'd be better if we could do it by phone. Granted, there's some insecurities with that. I understand that. Not mm-hmm. I think it just makes things so much easier. The voter turnout would be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, we would it'd, probably, it'd be like 60, 80, 90% turnout if we could just do it on the phone. I'm just saying that right now. Wow. Yeah. Um, granted, I know we can't do that yet. Yeah. I hope one day we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my preference over paper. Yeah. But I will say for right now, I think paper is a super secure method. Um, I think it works and I think the post office for people who vote by mail which I think if you don't vote by mail then that's good on you if you do great but I think it's like one of the best ways to vote right now mm-hmm. in Corona yes um, and, and, and partially just because it's so secure people, Donald was saying that the post office isn't secure okay so how are they secure enough to send my tax returns how are they secure enough to send me a stimulus check right how are they secure enough to send lottery money? But they not secure enough to send my ballot. Good question. Do, do you have to show your taxes? Uh, I did. Just wondering. Yeah. I just threw that out there. I was just, just wondering. Yeah, and we're we, we, no, just kidding. That's not bullshit. Yeah, we, we we know it's just, just the standards here. Yes, I have to share. I have to share. I have to share. I have to share. 
and, and speaking of that, it's a little podcast. It's a little yeah. curious. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> we, a moment ago, we were talking about the shooting, and but to see all these shooting live, I mean, because this is this is just crazy. Do you think that people can suffer from uh, PDST? I think that's what it's called. Can we get that from seeing all these killing the black man too? Um, I think we can, honestly, because at least from my experience, every time I see a video like that, my initial thought is that could have been me. Mm-hmm. You're you know? right. Yeah, we've all been stopped. And I think after, I think after thinking that so many times. After seeing it so many times, after having it reinforced, reinforced so many times, that you can definitely get PTSD from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're gonna start suffering from dreams. Yeah, where you're the one. Yeah. Every time you see a cop car behind you, you're gonna get nervous. In fact, I get nervous. I got nervous before I saw it every day. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine how how people like Trayvon Martin parents feel and all these other people? I mean, wow, you because it seems like people don't really care about something as much until it affects them like like people having a fit because they thought the nba was gonna get canceled again they were having meltdowns like why why is this happening you know and and then your family see that i mean i guess when it hits you directly you feel it i think um yeah i think malcolm x made that point too he said if a pack of dogs is running and you throw a, a rock or a brick or something and only why does only one dog cry because he got hit he's feeling that so yeah okay yeah, I honestly, I think part of the reason why I am kind of the way I am, why I am kind of the person that I, I've tried to be is, and really like be in the streets marching and, and, and speaking is because I'm really empathetic. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really feel like that could be me. That could be my dad. That could be my sister. That could be anyone that I know. Um, and, and my heart's out to, to the families and everything. And, I, and a lot of these families, a lot of them, one thing I will commend all of these families for, if you look at what they do after this happens to them, you will see some amazing stories, some amazing things that they are doing on the person that was taken to be happy. Mm. Yeah. For example, mm. Trayvon Martin's parents, they lead one of the biggest gun violence organizations in the U.S. Mm. For example, um, I remember who was that person. I remember the name. Was it Michael Brown? I want to. I can't remember. But there, there's so many. There's different members. That there's the mom of someone. The mom of someone who was running for for mayor of the town that her child was. Yeah, in. yeah, I, it, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yep. I, I don't know who it is, but exactly. I, I remember that. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> so if you look at what these families do afterward, you are going to see some amazing stories because that's when that. That, that, that mortal mentality comes in that mortal I could die anytime so I gotta do something now I can't just sit down mm-hmm. comes in mm-hmm. I've had that since I was a kid mm-hmm. you know yeah. uh, there was one time in my childhood where I was riding in the car with my dad and I kid you not and I'm, I'm less than 10 less than 10 I watched my dad get arrested by the cops uh-huh. as a kid in the car he wasn't doing anything but he, at the time, I was, I'm not going to sit here and have him having a warrant. But at the time, he wasn't doing anything. Yeah. And he got arrested. Mm. I was in the back seat. Crying, don't take my dad. Wow. Take my dad, don't take my dad. They took my dad and left me there. What? Uh, yeah. They, they, they. Wow, that's trauma. That's your trauma right there. Yeah. Exactly. Man. Exa- I, wow. I never, Man. I'm... I never forgot that. 
I'm sorry, you gotta experience that, man. That's 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 painful stuff right there. Okay. Wow. Whew. But and it's unfortunate, you know, you start thinking about, you know, families that go through trauma like that, you know, you go back and you start thinking, you know, they 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 try to find a way to to make a change. I mean, I, I you think I can't think of a, a a more national example like John Walsh. You know, think what happened after if his if nothing if nothing happened to his son, you would never right. have even heard of America's Absolutely. Yep. You think about mm-hmm. it. You know, that's still what all those criminals, all those things that that happened, it was the direct result of that terrible event that happened to his son. Yeah. You know, you think about Trayvon Martin's family and what they're doing now. As, as you're saying, Tony, you think about what happened with you and your dad. You know, those those are are definitely transitional moments in your life that you go back and say. If I were to boil it down to a, a, a singular event that had a, a a an impact on what I'm doing right now and the reason why I make decisions I do, that's that that's that razor edge point right there. You can say that could be that moment where I decide to make a change in my life and go to a different direction. So yep. definitely a lot of problems in the world, definitely that are that are generated by by imperfect people, that's for sure. And then we try to figure out a better solution. You know, to make to make a better way, that's for sure. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I had many, man, many with my dad. I mean, yeah. so so I had to I had to do something. Yeah, had to. Yeah, I can respect that. Well, guys, uh, I hate to break this up, but we're getting to the end of the show now. So at this point, I want to ask uh, Tony to give us your parting words, tell people where they can find you, learn more about you, support you, your platforms, uh, and, and and again, the name of your book. Um. So. My name, once again, Tony Eldon. Um, if you Google me, Google me as Anthony Eldon. Um, uh, but I'm a, I'm, a, I'm on Instagram at blackthought, B-L-K dot thought. You can follow me there. You can see my business there. You can see my, my black history there, my stories there. You can find my book on Amazon, 50 Inspiring Black Stories. Um, you can find my campaign website to do show me some donations. <laughs> <laughs> at TonyForFlorida.com you can see my platform points you can see my donate button <laughs> all kinds of stuff there you can find you can follow my website my website is BlackThought.com BLKThought.com um, yeah man we, we hitting the ground running we doing what we can do okay well uh, that sounds good so I'm gonna go ahead and wrap the show up and close and I just wanna uh, quote one of my favorite books and uh, that quote was keep on then seeking first the kingdom and its righteousness and all these other things will be added to you so never be anxious about the next day for the next day will have its own anxiety each day has its own troubles so I'm encouraging everybody <laughs> to dance like nobody's watching and love like you've never been hurt and make sure to follow our next episode of What's Up Award featuring Trey thank you uh, Mr. Tony Eldon for being a part of this show and uh, you guys check us out later thank you Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one, Tony. We'll talk to you later, brother.